Claws your eyes and pull like a dog. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. On this week's show we're casting an eye forward towards Cheltenham which gets underway next Tuesday and joining us to preview the festival will be two-time champion hurdle winner and recent West Cork Sports Star Hall of Fame inductee Noel Feely. We'll also reflect on wins for both Cork's senior football teams in the National League over the weekend and look ahead to the under-20 Munster football final between Cork and Kerry, which takes place this Wednesday. But first, we're going to look at three local news stories from the weekend. We're going to start first with Phil Healy was in championship record-breaking form as she won the 200-metre title at the National Indoors in Dublin on Saturday. The Battling Bullet won in 23.16, which smashed the existing championship record. The following day, Phil Healy finished third in the women's 60 metres. It was a rare appearance for Phil at 60 metres. Her older sister, Joan, finished in second in that race behind the winner, Kira Neville. So safe to say that the Healy sisters were among the medals in Dublin last weekend. Moving on to rugby, Skibbereen's Gavin Coombe scored two tries for Munster as they beat Scarlet's 29-10 in the Pro 14 in Toman Park last weekend. These were Gavin's first ever tries for Munster and his second try in the 84th minute secured the bonus point win. Also worth noting that there was four West Cork men involved in that Munster win. Darren Sweetenham and Finneen Witchley both started and Gavin Coombs and John Hodnett both came off the bench. Third, um, third news bit this week is a quick word on Aoife Keating. Aoife, as you all know, is our 2019 Celtic Ross West Cork Youth Sports Star of the Year. So we're going to keep a close eye on her um, for the next couple of months. In 2019, she helped the Cork minor and football teams win All-Ireland minor, All-Ireland titles. And already she has won another All-Ireland this year. This time it's on the hard court as she helped her school, Kinsale Community School, win an under-19 Girls Basketball League title in Tella last weekend. So congratulations to Aoife. And she'll also spearhead the school's football team as they're in an All-Ireland Senior C semi-final against St. Clair's Manor Hamilton on this Thursday in Ballinasloe. So best of luck to Aoife and the Kinsale School team. Just on that 60 metre race, which I, I watched, it was doing the rounds on social media. It's some sport, isn't it? A 60 metre sprint indoor because obviously they don't really have buildings that are big enough to for a full sprint out at 60 metres and, and more. So they have the crash wall mm-hmm. at the end. It's, it's, it's like a scene from one of the movies, Jackass, where they just keep running until they use the wall to, to actually slow them down. It's, uh, it's quite something to watch. Joan Healy described it really well last week in the star when she said it's a Hail Mary run. Because it's seven seconds, that's all it is. So you, you, they start and they're finished. Like You don't have much time to think in it. It's pure speed, pure raw power. Um, I was really rooting for Joan Healy, to be honest, um, to, to kind of bring home the goal. Like She's had an absolutely sensational indoor season. She's been so consistent in the 7.3s all season long. So um, brilliant race to watch, but it's over in a flash. Um, it's, it's incredible stuff. And like I said, like the two Healy sisters bringing home the medals because Joan was also on the, the Lee Vale relay team that won the, the four by um, 200 metre title and I think in a national record 
So between Joan and Phil, it was three medals they brought home to Ballinine, so not a bad weekend's work. Very, very impressive. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break now, and coming up next, we're chatting to Noel Feely about the 2020 Cheltenham Festival. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork. Don't forget to pick up this Thursday Southern Star newspaper, including our award-winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want. In shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. The Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork. When Noel Feely came home in front on board Eglantyne du Soy in the Mayor's Novices Hurdle at last year's Chetlam Festival, few would have predicted that it would be his final winner at Presbury Park. Twelve months on, he's heading back to the Cotswolds, but this time in a very different role as Goodbye Dancer, a horse owned by the Noel Feely Racing Syndicate, looks set to line up in either the Coral Cup or the Martin Pipe. He caught up with Kieran a little earlier on to chat about his transition to life after race riding, his plans for the future, and of course, a Cheltenham 2020 preview. Noel, this time 12 months ago, you were preparing for the Cheltenham Festival as a jockey. 12 months on, you're going back in a different capacity. You've um, you have a big interest in next week's festival. Can you tell us a small bit about uh, Goodbye Dancer? Um, yeah, it's definitely going to be different. Um probably a little bit more relaxed we ended this year but um, we're very lucky we got a goodbye dancer the Norfolk Racing Syndicate Harston um, and we're hoping he'll get into the Martin Pipe on the Friday and um, hopefully he'll run a nice race He's had a win already tilted him this year has he? Yeah he won there in December I think he was going to go back and he, he would have won in New Year's Day um, he fell at the last when it looked like he was going to go and win again. Um, then he disappointed the last day at Huntingdon. But um, look, he's been freshened up. And if he reproduced his run when he fell there New Year's Day, that would probably you know give him a good each way chance, probably. But um, pretty lucky run well. What's it like for you, Noel, going back to Cheltenham this year? Like I said last year, you were competing there as a jockey. This year, you're going back involved with the Noel Feely Syndicate. Is there... Is the excitement still there? Are the butterflies still there a week out from Cheltenham? Uh, I'm looking forward to it, but it's it's different. I'm not. Um, I'm definitely a lot more relaxed about it this year. Um, I suppose it's different when you're a jockey. You're the weeks leading up to Cheltenham. You're kind of on edge a little bit. You don't want you don't want injuries. You don't want to pick up any suspensions. Um, so there's a lot of pressure on the weeks leading up to Cheltenham uh, for them reasons. And then you want all the horses to get there in one piece as you're doing all the last bits of schooling, the last bits of work. And, um, so it's a, it's a busy time for a jockey, but it's um, it's a nervous time as well where you don't want to pick up the injuries, as I said, the bands. And uh, you just want to make sure you get yourself there in one piece, first of all. Um, so there's it, a big build-up to it. Like it's it's the first time in a long time that you're going there as a, as a former jockey. Do you think you'll be able to enjoy it socially this year, kind of? like socialise at, at at the festival, kind of throw a couple of bits on yourself, kind of not have to, to worry about making weight and, and concentrate on the races? Yeah, I think I will. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I've been watching a lot of the racing and uh, the build-up to it and um, there's, some, there's some very good horses going there again this year and I, I think I'm going to enjoy it and I'll be there probably every day and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing the other side of it. 
you probably know Cheltenham better than most. What makes the festival so special? I think it's, it, this well, Cheltenham now is um, it's a, almost a twelve-month build-up. Once Cheltenham's over, you know you're almost gearing up for it again the following year. And once once you get around to October time and, and horses are winning novice hurdles and novice chases, first thing that's mentioned is you know whether it's going to go to Cheltenham or not. And there's a there's a long build-up to it, as I said, and um, you know the Irish taking on the English, it's a big thing and. There's some great horses in Ireland now. I suppose probably the Irish have more Irish have a stronger hand now probably than the than the English trainers, and um, I think that side of it make, makes it a great spectacle as well. And it's just it's just a fantastic meeting um, to be involved in it as a jockey. You know, it was it was a privilege just to be involved with the Cheltenham Festival. Um, it's just a fantastic meeting. You've had some of your greatest moments at, at Cheltenham, a, a couple of champion hurdle winners, a, a Queen Mother champion chase. Um, what's the highlight for you from Cheltenham over the years? Um, I suppose, look, I suppose any, I'd have taken any one of them, but um, I suppose the second the, the second champion hurdle in Boobah there was very special. Um, and then to go and ride the champion chase winner the following day, you know, you had two winners at the festival, two big winners, you know, the champion hurdle, champion chase, one day after the other. Um, and then I went into the, the following day, the stairs hurdle, and, and, you know, the mean Harry on the favourite, uh, he ended up finishing third. So that was, that was a special meeting that year. Um, and, you know, I'll never forget them, them days. They were champion hurdle, champion chase, one day after the other. That was, that was pretty special. As we're getting close now to the to the festival next week, is there ever kind of kind of itchy feet by you? Would you love to to be back in the saddle? No, um, I think maybe when I get there on the Tuesday, you know, Tuesday is probably the the big day that everyone's really buzzing to get started. And I think when I get there on Tuesday, I probably will um, wish I was taking part. You know, it's it's brilliant to be involved in it, as I said, and. It's, it's Tuesday especially everyone is just absolutely bursting to get going and um, to be involved in it is, is special and I think when I get there on Tuesday I'll probably miss that side of it a little bit but um, at the same time looking forward to some watching some great racing Like you mentioned earlier you're, I mean, we talked about Goodbye Dancer and that's for the Noel Feely Syndicate can you fill our listeners in a small bit about the syndicate um, what, sort of, what sort of work you do how's it going so far for you Noel? Uh, it's been it's been going great. Um, we started it off there October time with, with one horse, and um, he won first time out. A horse called Pride of the Kale. He won first time out for us. Um, and then we were lucky enough we a few more people wanted to come in, so we put together a couple of other syndicates, and we've had a, a few more winners along the way. We we're lucky we picked up Goodbye Dancer. He won at Cheltenham, and then we looked like Winnie again. As I said, he fell at, fell at the last New Year's Day, so. Um, that got people very excited, and um, you know we've got six horses in the syndicate now, um, and it's, it's going great. We've had we've had a little bit of success, and um, yeah, it's, it's for me it's um, it keeps me involved, and it's, it's something to look forward to. It's a bit of a, I get a bit of a buzz out of it. Was that very important for you, know, Like when when you finished riding, that you were still in, involved in the sport, and like this keeps your finger very much on the pulse. Like you're still very much hands-on involved. Was that important for you to kind of, I suppose, help make that transition to to life after being a jockey? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I would have found it very hard just to 
to walk away and have have no part. Um, I think that would have been a lot harder for me to take. But um, I always wanted to be involved, you know, in some way. Um, and I think this this helps me probably having keep keeps me busy, you know, having runners elsewhere and keeps me going racing a little bit. And I still I'm still involved with Harry Price. Horses a lot related, write a bit of work for him and. Um, few owners, Jared Sullivan's and Michael Masters and horses, um, stay involved with them, write a bit of work for them, and um, yeah, I'm still heavily involved, but um, as I said, it's a little bit more relaxed at the same time. Um, we're a week out from the festival, and hopefully, Touchwood, everything will will go fantastic. Obviously, there's talk about the coronavirus worldwide, but you'd hope, no, that 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 it won't lead to the kind of postponement or cancellation of or something like Cheltenham next week. I wouldn't think so. I'd like to think um, I'd like to think it'll be okay. It'll go ahead. Um, fingers crossed. It'll be all okay, and we get the meeting underway. But um, yeah, fingers crossed. It'll be all okay. Which horses or which races are you looking forward to watching next week? Uh, I think all of them. <laughs> um, there's, there's a lot of good good races. Um, I'm looking forward to the Supreme the first day, and it's always a fantastic race. Um, William Mullins got a got a strong hand at it again. Um, the horse I can't think of the name, but now won well the other day. Um, and then Willie, Nicky Henderson's got Sheshkin and uh, Chantry House. He's got a couple of good horses in it, and it's, it's, it's the makings of a very good race again. I think it's, I think I'm looking forward to that one for the first day, first race, first day. The Gold Cup always holds a very special place, I suppose, in the hearts of all kind of sports fans, and especially kind of the kind of race scores at Cheltenham. What are your thoughts on on, on the Gold Cup? Uh, I think it's a very open race, very strong race. I think um, probably a better Gold Cup now than we've seen for a couple of years. I'd say. Um, I thought that the horse that won it last year, um, Willie Mullins's horse, uh, what's he called? Um, the horse that won it last year. I think he's going to be hard to beat again. I think he's done nothing wrong. Um, he, he looked good last year. He looked good in Tremor the last day. Uh, I think he's going to be hard to beat. And I think um, there's, there's plenty of others there with, with strong chances. Bristol Demise, the horse I thought a big price, 20, 20 to 1 or 25 to 1. Mm-hmm. I think he's the horse that's been very consistent. He, I think he's a great each way bet in the race. But um, yeah, album photo, I think it's probably probably the one they all have to beat thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork don't forget to pick up this Thursday Southern Star newspaper including our award winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper The Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast. Number one for sport in West Cork. Usually at this time of the week we preview what's to come in this week's paper and we'll get there momentarily. But we can't wrap up today's show without a quick chat about football. On Sunday the Cork senior men's side overcame Derry at Parky Cueve on a scoreline of 3.13 to 3.11 to continue their unbeaten start to life in Division 3. While their female, female counterparts were comfortable winners in their clash with Mayo and Mallow, winning 112-103. to 
to 1-4 there's also the small matter of the Munster under 20 final between Cork and Kerry to look forward to on Wednesday but Kieran will start with Ronan McCarthy's side I know you're always keen to dampen my expectations with the old it's only Division 3 football but you have to have been impressed with how they've gone about their business thus far yeah five wins from five Jack on the cusp of promotion um, Cork's win over Derry last weekend means they've reached that 10 point target that Ronan McCarthy has set them they're not guaranteed promotion just yet kind of mathematically but they're as good as it'll take a very unusual set of results from here on in to deny Cork a place in next year's Division 2 um, Football League uh, I think kind of like it, it was a funny old game the, the Corks win over Derry because at one point Cork laid 3-12 to 1-8 but in the, in the final stages Derry outscored Cork 2-3 to 1 point and it was a rather nervy finish at the end um, Ronan McCarthy said after kind of put a dampener on the performance because there was a lot of plus points from from the Cork display but they did concede 2-3 late on to kind of set up a very nervous finish but that's not a bad thing either because um, it means Cork still have plenty of things to work on and that's that's where they need to be right now um, very very strong position great to see Damien Gore of Kilmeckaby I think he finished with 1-3 um, which was superb and John O'Rourke of Carby Rangers scored 2-2 and John is kind of getting back to the form that, that he showed a couple of years ago he hasn't had an easy few years in, in the Cork jersey I've always rated him for Carby Rangers I just like what John O'Rourke brings he's a workhorse and he's a can be a really important player but I don't think he's shown it for Cork enough in, in the last couple of years so to see him find his feet and he's starting regularly as well in the league campaign it's great it's good for John so next up for Cork is they host Loud on March 15th a win at home to Loud and Cork will be promoted and Cork and Loud sorry are bottom of Division 3 um, five games five defeats so that's surely a game that Cork will win to guarantee their promotion but everything is building nicely towards the summer and um, Obviously, if Cork get, get promoted, that means that they'll be in the mix for the All-Ireland Championship next year. They're not going to go down, or this year, they're not going to go down into the, the, the newly named Talton Cup. And everything will be geared towards that cork Kerry semi-final at the end of May. Yes, yeah, so the march towards Sam Maguire continues for the Cork senior footballers. And as I mentioned as well, the ladies were also in action beating Mayo over the weekend. And Kieran caught up with Ger McCarthy a little earlier on, who was at the game. We're joined now by Ger McCarthy, who was at the Cork and Mayo Ladies Football League Division 1 game in Mallow on Sunday. Another win for the Cork Ladies. But before that, Ger, have to say congratulations on your recent LGFA Local <laughs> Journalist of the Year award. Very well deserved. Uh, thank you very, very much. Uh, a lot of that is down to the fact the Southern Star has supported me and ladies football and ladies sport in general over the last couple of years. Thanks to your good work and... As you know yourself, Karen, I'm following in some pretty big footsteps to previous winners. Like, like I was saying on Twitter, Joe, you're walking in the footsteps of giants. So, but no, in, in, all, in, in all fairness, like congratulations on the award, really well deserved. So, you were there in Mallow on on Sunday, like I was saying, that was a one twelve to one four win yeah. for Cork. What stood out for you? Um, three things stood out. Number one, a much changed lineup from Evie Fitzgerald at the start. There were six changes from the previous game and. He has tinkered a bit over the past couple of the past the previous three games, but not to the point where he had six new starters in. The second thing was the poor first half performance from Cork because they were well behind Mayo at, at certain stages. Physically, Mayo were bullying them in the early exchanges as well. And it's not something you're you're used to seeing with Cork. And I suppose the third thing is they obviously got a few choice words at half time without Ify coming out and saying it afterwards because they were a much much different team in the second half. 
Libby Coppinger got a fantastic goal and they kicked on in the second half. They had that extra gear that Mayo didn't have. Um, but I think all in all, having spoken to you afterwards, the thing he, he took from it was, look, it is four games, it is four wins, but the big thing for him is he's trying to give as much of the panel um, as much experience in the league as possible because they need a strong bench this year if they're going to make any inroads against the likes of Dublin, Galway and Mayo. And I think he's learned that from last year. So I think you, I'd expect a few more changes the next day, even against Donegal and in the final couple of matches. Overall, a good result. Not the best performance in the world, but at this time of the year, if Cork are playing you know, below their full 100% capacity and still winning four out of four, they're in a good place. And with those four wins from four, Jura, it means Cork top the table on 12 points. And I suppose the change to the league this year means it's the top two go straight into the final as opposed to semi-finals in, mm. in the last couple of years. So Cork look well on course to book their place in the league final and defend the title they won last year. Yeah, I think overall, definitely, because like they're, they're away to Donegal now this coming weekend, and that'll be a tough test for them. It's it's a long trip, but they're going up on a Saturday night, and they're staying above um, overnight for the game. Um, I think there's an awful lot of plus points for him this year, uh, heading into the final couple of matches in the, in the National League. I think Cork are certainly more focused because of the change in the rules that you mentioned there. That there's no semi-finals. You've got to finish in the top two. And that gets you into the final. And it's one of the things, it's common thread. When you talk to some of the Cork players, they are a bit more focused about the league games this year because there's so little margin for error. Um, they want to get back there. They really do want to defend this and you know give them the platform to go on for the Munster Championship. And I think Cork are in a very healthy position because the kind of challenges that they faced over the previous four matches, they had a very defensive Westmead and Parky Creeve and like that historic night getting over that. They had a very difficult pitch in Ard Finnan when they beat Tipperary, a heavy pitch, and they still managed to find a way to win. And then against the Dubs in Crow Park, a free-flowing game, a kind of score for score, and they managed, as they did against Mayo last week, not playing particularly well, um, they managed to get that, you know, get the win. And if, if you're playing badly and winning, as you know, Karen, in any sport, you're doing something right. So I think they're in a healthy position, and it's good as well to see so many West Cork players playing prominent roles in those wins. Like, like bringing it close to home, you mentioned the West Cork players, Jur, obviously Melissa Duggan, an all-star footballer, Orla Finn, an all-star footballer, Anya Terry, great to see her get three points the last day, Libby Coppinger got the goal, Laura Vanny at wing-back, it's a new position for her in the in the Cork team mm. this year, they're using her as a wing-back, how did she get on the last day? She is doing very, very well in that position, um, that change of position for her, Karen, and you wrote about it, the Southern Star, and I also had a chance to interview her a couple of weeks ago, and I don't. You know Laura, and I know Laura, and she's a very determined person. And she's moved up to Cork this year as well, which means there's less of the travelling um, to and from Skibreen to get to training sessions and matches. And it's certainly benefiting her because I think she was a bit taken aback when she was asked to play half back initially. She's she's always been a forward and played in half forward line, but she has just taken on the role she's gotten on with it, and she has been one of Cork's most probably most consistent players. To be honest with you, um, her ability to to man mark obviously is important, but her other ability in that half-back line with Ashley Hutchings and Melissa Duggan to get up and down the pitch is going to be absolutely crucial to Cork because it's clear if he wants them to defend first, but they need to get up forward and they're going to need to be able to pick off scores against the better teams, especially against teams with the mass defence. She's settled into the position. Um, she's played more or less all of the four games so far when there's been lots of other changes elsewhere in the team. And I think that's a very, very positive sign for her heading into the championship. And finally, Joe, like you said, Evie wants to strengthen the panel and, and wants that strength and depth going into the summer. From what you've seen so far, are Cork will and course to be challenging Dublin again this summer? 
I think so, yeah. I think definitely. It, it, like, I mean, you see four out of four and you think that they're, they're winning all around them. But they have had patches and games which he has uh, he has admitted himself where they've gone 15 minutes without scoring and thankfully that didn't happen against Mayo last week that's something that they've got to eradicate because you've got to keep the scoreboard ticking over in the tough games at the, at the business end of the championship I think when you look at Dublin and you look at Galway they're still still very early days and they're still finding their feet but what I think will, hap- will help Cork Kieran this year is that they're going to face a couple of tougher challenges in Munster than they have done in previous years the likes of Tip the likes of Kerry are that bit stronger and I think they'll be well tested before they hit the All-Ireland series but overall when you look at the strength of the panel and the other kind of tidbit of information that I've been picking up is that the intensity of training sessions has been off the charts like the, the A's and B's games have been very very tough people want to play in the first team they're putting themselves about and I think in the long run that's got to help Cork and I think they're in a very healthy position right now and there's no reason not to be positive heading into the championship. Before I let you go, Chuck, could, could you also fill our listeners in just on the new podcast you're starting with Red FM? It's another fabulous initiative. It's going to help spread the word about ladies' football and all the great work going on at both of West Cork and all around the county. Tell us a small bit about this this new podcast at Red FM. Yeah, um, well, first of all, I'm very thankful to Rory O'Hagan and the Big Red Bench for for. Uh, for are helping me with the idea of getting a ladies podcast off the ground um, it's a new initiative it's a very very positive initiative I think for ladies football and basically what it is we're launching it this week it's going to be a combination of talking to people in the inter-county scene within Cork but also the clubs um, we've, we've put it out to all the clubs and already got a huge reaction from clubs not just in West Cork but East, Mid and North as well to do a club feature and speak to some of the players and speak to some of the volunteers and the coaches at grassroots level to understand what's going on because as you know as you well know from your experience of writing now in West Cork for the last couple of years, you can see the huge numbers of girls that are playing ladies football, the huge numbers that are involved. And look, there's been a very positive reaction to the idea. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Maybe they won't like hearing my voice too much when, they, when, it, when it finally comes out. But in the opening, um, our first edition, I've got Dennis Mulvihill, who's the Cork Under-16 manager. He's the Valley Rovers man looking ahead to their Munster Championship game with Limerick this weekend. I've also had a chance to, um, in the past couple of days, just to sit down with Darren O'Sullivan and a few other people that they'll be coming up in the podcast as well. But I think the big stars of the first edition of our podcast are the Killavullen and Douglas under-12 girls uh, teams and coaches who I spoke to last Sunday in Mallow. They were great crack, great interviews with them, and that's the kind of thing we hope to, to, to feature on the podcast. Obviously, inter-county, inside and outside of Cork, but the clubs and the grassroots level as well. Brilliant stuff, Jor. I can't wait to listen to it and keep up the good work. Now, Kieran, before we preview what's to come in this week's Southern Star, tomorrow evening, Intralee, the Cork under-20s defending All-Ireland champions, take on Kerry in the under-20 Munster final. Obviously, this podcast is going out on a Tuesday, so if you're listening to this on Thursday or Friday, the Munster final between Cork and Kerry will already have been played. But for those of you listening on Tuesday and Wednesday, Kieran's going to give us a quick rundown of what we can expect from both sides this is a game that I'm looking forward to Jack like you said Eric Cocker defending Munster and All-Ireland champions and Keith Ricken is still the, the man in charge of the Cork team they beat Clare last week in the semi-final it was 1-12 to 2-7 Blake Murphy got 9 points Mark Cronin got 2 points John Herley of the Dawnies got a point and I think it was Jack Murphy got the goal um, Cork were kind of made work really hard for the win but it was up in up in Milltown Melby it was away from home clear our stubborn opponents so to come, come away with a good result there was a plus 
So all eyes now on Austin Stack Park in Chile on Wednesday night at 7.30. It's that familiar pairing of Cork and Kerry in a Munster under-20 football final. I think it is the fifth year in a row that these two counties have met at this stage. So um, while the teams won't know each other that well, the two counties will. Uh, Cork have the firepower to really trouble this Kerry team. Um, you're looking at the full forward line. Again, it's Mark Cronin, Fionn Hurley and Blake Murphy. There scores there to beat the Bend. So... Uh, it's always tough going down to, to Kerry and into the backyard in Austin Stack Park on a, on a Wednesday night with the lights on. Kind of, um, you'd have a big Kerry crowd there. Um, it's going to be it'll be cauldron for this young Cork team, but they're but they're good enough to get the results. Um, and like I said, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Kerry beat Limerick in their semi final last week. They weren't overly impressive either. Um, I know if talking Kerry that they really do like this this Kerry under twenty team. They think that they can go a long way. So should be a good match. And the Cork team has been named? Cork team is named. It's unchanged from the win against Clare last week. So I'll just go through it there. You've Josh O'Keefe from Newmarket in goal. The full back line is Colm O'Shea from Kilchenig, Daniel O'Mahony from Knocknagree, and Dermot Phelan of Ahada. The half back line sees David Buckley of Town, Bill Foley of Bantry Blues, and Brian Lynch of Douglas. Into midfield, we've Jack Lawton of Argadine Rangers and Daniel O'Connell of Cantork. Moving into the half-forward line, Jack Murphy of Era Oak, Edano Lusa from Neva Bond, and Brian Hayes of St. Finbars. And on to that full-forward line that I was talking about earlier, we have Mark Cronin, Nemo Rangers, Fionn Herlihy of Donnies, and Blake Murphy, St. Vincent's. It's a team good enough to win the, the Munster final. I know it's a cliche, it's what happens on the night. Um, Austin Sack Park, un- under lights. Um, I'm expecting a close game. And yeah, kind of hopefully a Cork win. And keep an eye on southernstar.ie for coverage from that game. But Kieran, let's just wrap up today's show with a quick look at what's to come in this week's Southern Star Sports section, which will, of course, be out on Thursday morning, available in shops all over West Cork and further afield, and, of course, online for less than €2 Euro per week at www.southernstar.ie. I'm like one of those lads now with the banking ads. Terms and conditions apply. Anyway, take it away. Rolls off the tongue, Jack. Yeah. Um, I think we've gone through a lot what's in this week's star already. Obviously, the Cork v Derry report, Cork v Mayo. The Cork hurlers were knocked out of the National League with defeat to Galway last weekend. We have a match report from Clannacilty's defeat to St. Michael's in the Kelleher Shield. Um, looking as well, we have a, a kind of a special feature on the Skibbereen women's rugby team played their first ever adult ladies and game the week before last. So I'm ch- chatting to Sana Govinder just about the rise of of uh, ladies rugby in Skibbereen. Go back four years ago, there wasn't even a team here. Now they're fe- fielding at all underage levels and now they're, they have an adult team. So great work by Skibbereen Rugby Club and on the women's side. Um, yeah, pl- plenty in there. It's definitely worth picking up this week's Southern Star again on Thursday, Jack. I know I'm a bit biased, but it's uh, I'm going to use an old phrase, Jack, here, right? But it's a cracker again this, this week, Jack. And I have to mention too, actually, we've a report on the Clannacilty and Bandon Munster Junior League Round 4 derby that was on in Bandon last Sunday. It was a great win for Bandon, 24-17, a cracking game of rugby by all accounts. Um, Bandon advance in the Munster Junior Cup, they're through to the last day. Clannacilty has still have a couple of league games left. So, um, like we've said before, like rugby is strong in West Cork at the moment and that was a good game of rugby that highlighted all that is good in West Cork rugby. And I'm just going to ask you one more quick editorial question oh, no. on air, so you can't uh, you can't lie to me because this has been recorded and will be broadcast to the people 
of Skibreen West Cork and further afield. But I have requested that a picture from our boxing fundraiser be featured in this week's Southern Star. I've yet to have a response from either yourself or our dear editor, Con Downing. So I'm wondering, will this photograph make an appearance in this week's Southern Star? Is this the same photograph that you were tweeting about um, from the event you were tweeting about the weekend where you were involved in an exhibition fight and you called yourself the Gypsy Prince, I think, was it? <laughs> in, um, in tribute to the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury. I did watch your, your bout, Jack. Pretty impressive. You were leading with the left jab there a good bit. Um, as you can see, I'm taking you away now from the question you asked in the first place to talking about yourself. But pretty, pretty good workout for you. Yeah, it was a good night and uh, raised loads of money for both Down Syndrome West Cork and the Island River Boxing Club, so a successful night. There was, I'd say, 100 paying customers in. Well, customers, they were donating money to charities, so not quite customers. But back to the, the point in hand, is the photograph of the Island River Boxing Club. At the end of it, it was our first ever Fantastic. solely run event, all in aid of a great co- two great causes, because in the Boxing Club, you have members as young as four and as old as 70, mm. training, keeping fit, keeping healthy. Not everyone is aiming for the Olympics. It's all about mental well-being and it's just trying to put pressure on me to get the photo in all I can say to you Jack like our good listeners and good readers out there you have to wait till Thursday Southern Star go out and buy the sports section or buy the, buy the full newspaper go straight to the sports section like so many people do look through the sports section and see is the picture there and you will find your answer Thursday morning I wait with bated breath Again, thanks for listening to this week's Star Sport Podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. So if you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Acast, Stitcher or wherever else you listen to the show.